Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know generating income from our expertise is pretty easy. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me here every week to make sure you are building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. Before we get started though, one little disclaimer, because I'm a lawyer. The information I share on the podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or legal opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, here we go. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Hourly Exit Podcast and to H2E 2024. Hope you had a wonderful holiday and ready to get going in the new year. So in April, I will be celebrating the third year of the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm in a bit of a shock, but I have been doing this since April 2022. And when I started, I thought I had a pretty clear plan. I was working with someone to help me plan out an entire season of topics and guests. And well, you know what they say about the best laid plans. Turns out that there is a lot of ground to cover between hourly and exit. And so it seemed like a really good idea at the time. I mean, how else am I going to have a ton of stuff to talk about? I want to have a very broad universe of topics. And of course, that encourages lots of different guests as well. And I absolutely have loved the amazing women and one man that I've had as guests over the past two years. But I found that I was having a hard time kind of getting a thread, like a unified thread running through the podcast. In 2023, about midway through the year, I started recording solo episodes. I think that's when I went weekly too. I'm trying to remember. And so more solos. I was a little afraid. I don't think I did any solos the first year. I was a little afraid of the solos and talking about contracts and copyrights, my two favorite subjects. And I will tell you, I really love it. Like my solo episodes are my favorite episodes. But even though I was talking about contracts and copyrights, that's still a pretty broad topic. And so I still felt like I needed a little more structure to what I'll be talking about. And so, you know, I don't need to talk about everything. One, because I don't know everything. I'm trying, but I don't know everything. And two, you don't need to know everything. There is specifically what you come to me for is because you want to turn your expertise into intellectual property that so you can create scalable revenue streams. That's why you're here. And so with that in mind, I have found a framework. We love our frameworks in order to kind of be really clear about how I can best help you. And that is what I will focus on during the podcast this year. So it is a three-step process to use IP to turn your expertise into scalable revenue streams. So the three parts are audit, protect, and scale. So first, audit. First step is that you need to audit the assets that you already have in your business. And yes, you do already have assets in your business. 
So in layman's term, what is an asset? An asset is a useful or valuable thing, person, or quality. And more specifically in business terms, an asset is any resource that a business owns or controls that can be sold or licensed for money. So what are the assets in your business? What do you sell to your clients? Maybe you're selling your time, which is valuable. Maybe you even charge a lot for it, but it is limited. How else do you provide value to your clients? So it is with your expertise and without being flippant. I mean, we're here because we have an expertise-based business, a professional services business, and we sell our expertise. But a lot of services providers do not treat their expertise as assets. They're still just selling it as time. But it is an asset if we properly take care of it. So first, if we go back to making sure we are auditing our businesses to identify the assets that we currently have in our business. Here are a few examples of assets. The assessment tool that you use, even in the proposal stage, this is before you even deliver something. You may have something that you're using internally that helps you determine your proposals, how you're going to charge for it, what you're going to charge, what the deliverables will be. That assessment tool is an asset. When you have a deliverable, let's say you deliver strategic plans, that strategic plan, even if you are assigning all rights to your client, the elements that go into it are an asset. Any secondary research that you're using, maybe you have a whole catalog of secondary research that you lean on when you're doing your analysis. Not all of it's going to be primary. Some of it will be secondary. Those are assets. If you have created an original training program, of course, that is an asset. Those worksheets that you acquired during your certification program, those are assets. You may not own them. You're probably given permission, i.e. a license to use them. But things that are in our business that we have access to legally are still assets. So the web design of your website, that's an asset. And so these are all assets in your business. And the only difference among those bullets is who owns it. Some of those you clearly own, the original training materials that you created, web design that you had someone make for you, subject to something we're going to talk about in a minute. And some of those you don't own, but you control, such as things that you have a license to use. What's important is figuring out, and this is what your audit process is, one, what the assets in your business are, and two, who owns it and or controls it because this is the foundation of creating scalable IP-based revenue, ownership or control of assets. So we're going to make sure that you understand the assets that are flowing through your business, that make sure that you can create revenue-generating assets, that you understand the depth and the breadth of your assets so you don't miss leverage opportunities, and that you can take advantage of any third-party assets that you have without fear of copyright infringement. Think back to those worksheets that you got in your certification program. You have the legal right to use those in your business, but do you have a right to create other revenue-generating assets with it? That's what we want to find out as well during our audit process. So 
let's imagine a clothing store and that it has just a jumble of garments in the back room. They've never done an inventory of it. Like, how would they know what they have? How would they know if the sales associates are walking out the door with it? How would they know what is required to make a profit? How long have they been holding it in their inventory without selling it? Same thing with the assets in your business. Unless you are inventorying it and auditing it, then you won't know what you have, what's valuable, what's not valuable, what's being wasted, what's walking out the door with subcontractors. This is all part of the audit process when you are an expertise-based business. The other thing is if you don't know what you have and you're using it in a way that is in breach of perhaps a client agreement, maybe you have a deliverable that you thought you could reuse with another client, but you gave all those rights to client A, you can't use it again with client B. Let's make sure that you own what you think you own. And if you don't, then let's clean it up. The second step is protect. So there are two forms of protection of our assets, copyright registration and contracts. Why copyright registration instead of trademark registration? Well, remember that list of assets I said I mentioned above? It was assessments, strategic plans, research, training programs, worksheets, websites. All those things are copyrightable materials. Unlike physical assets like the clothes, anyone can access your intangible assets. Like anyone who has access to them can copy them and take them over. So the way that we protect people from just taking our materials is we register them with the Copyright Office. So the way we really protect our most valuable assets, the things that our clients, remember assets are the things that people you sell and to people. And so we don't sell our trademarks to people. We sell the copyrighted materials or the fruits of our expertise in the form of copyrighted materials to our clients. That is what our clients are paying us for. Here is a brief example to illustrate that point. So you have a consultancy, an HR consultancy. The name of it is Diversity Talent Solutions. And you have a registered trademark on that name. And it provides DEI training to its corporate clients. So you have two types of intellectual property in this business. You have your trademark on diversity talent solutions, and you have your copyright protections on your training materials, which could be videos, slides, workbooks, other types of guides, and any work product that you provide to your clients. What does your client pay for? Which of those two buckets provides value to your client. It is the copyrighted material, right? That's why it is so important to make sure we are registering our money-making, copyrighted, revenue-generating materials. There'll be lots of materials in our business, like LinkedIn posts and social media, things like that. Maybe our newsletters that aren't directly revenue-generating. But the things that people are actually paying us money for, we want to make sure those things are registered with the Copyright Office. The second part of protection is contracts. People generally don't have people ripping with ill intent, ripping off your copyrights. It happens. We all have heard the stories of people just taking over someone's website and all their content and selling it as their own. But that really is the exception and not the rule. The number one way we lose control of our most valuable assets are our contracts 
or I should say our failure to use contracts or our failure to understand what we are signing when the client presents their contract to us. When we think about intellectual property generally, and if we kind of take a common sense approach to who owns something, unfortunately, the intellectual property laws generally don't match up with what your common sense understanding of what property means. So when we want to make sure that we're owning and controlling the copyrights that flow through our business, we have to start with our contracts. So we need contracts with our clients so that we are, one, reserving the rights in our pre-existing materials. So we're not giving rights to them to own it. And when we give them permission to use our pre-existing materials, we want to make sure we limit that license so they can't do all the things that we can do as copyright owner. I frequently see license provisions like, yep, we reserve the rights in the pre-existing material, but then we go on to grant a license to the client that is so broad that they can literally, it literally will state all the copyrights in there that I licensed you the right to make copies and make derivatives and sub-license it and transfer it and do all these things, the same rights that we have as a copyright owner. And so we don't want to do that. So that is a major threat if we aren't understanding our contracts. And essentially, it permits our client to continue legally without breaching our rights, infringing our rights, to legally continue to use our materials without paying us for it or without our permission. And the other thing, you know, I love to harp about non-competes. I'm a non-compete hater because non-competitors, a group of competitors is a niche, right? And so we want to make sure we were able to work with competing companies. And that provides even more value to them, frankly, as your expertise grows in that niche. And then we also need to have contracts with our contractors back to that kind of common sense understanding of how property should work in intellectual property. The default is that the human being who created it owns it unless there's something in writing signed by the creator that would give it to you as the client. So when you're the client, you also want to make sure that you're using agreements that are signed if the intent is for you to own the deliverable. If you don't have it, something signed, you don't own the deliverable. You have a right to use it, but you do not own it. And this is the kind of thing also that we would find out during the audit stage as well. Like, do you have deliverables that you thought you owned, but you don't because you didn't have your contractor sign agreements? The final leg of our IP to scalable and revenue generating assets is leverage. Leverage means increasing profitability. It's not just about increasing revenue, but increasing the profitability. So we have leverage in our business when we can increase revenue and do that without increasing costs, or we can decrease costs without also decreasing our revenue, preferably both. We can increase revenue while decreasing cost is the ultimate leverage, right? So we can have leveraged services. People think it has to be products. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we can have leveraged services. So even one-on-one -on -one services, even high-touch services, if we have systematized them and or productized them, we can increase the efficiency in delivery. And when we become more efficient in delivery, we decrease the costs, even though we are charging the same, maybe even more. 
because the more dependable our deliverables are, the more happier clients we have and the more we can charge for them. Remember that you are the most expensive resource in your business. So anything that you can do to decrease your time spent in delivery, whether it's through systems or technology or less expensive humans, (laughs) then you are increasing profitability and you've added leverage to your business. And then also increasing revenue per sale would be another example without increasing the costs of the sale. So let's say you bundle two offers together, then you get the benefit of the increased revenue from that second offer, but there's still the same resources expended to get to the sale. So that has become more profitable, more revenue without increasing the cost of the sale. And then there is just the complete decoupling of income from your time. We do this through one to several offers or one to many offers. And, you know, what is the basis of every single, and I'm not being extreme here, literally the basis of every single one to several or one to many offer is copyrighted materials. That's why I am banging the drums on copyrights. Examples, your products, courses, books, anything that you are providing a subscription to, such as software or a database, all copyrighted materials. And then services that are one to several or one to many, like trainings or memberships. The foundation of those is all copyrighted materials. So before you can legally offer a one-to-several or a one-to-many service or product, you must own and control the underlying intellectual property. That is vitally important. Back to that audit stage (laughs) and our contracts. So that's what you can look forward to in 2024 and beyond. I would love to have you come back every week to find out more easy to digest content. There'll be content, there'll be trainings and some products that are created specifically for experts with corporate clients that fit into these three pillars of creating a scalable expertise-based business. Remember, they are audit, protect, and leverage. And I look forward to the next year. Thanks, friends. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe. And I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.